As Michelle was saying, I am the pastor of children's ministry here at 10th, and I've been doing this role for about two years, and it's been quite a wonderful experience as I get to work with people like Desea and really just get to honor our kids in the way and unique ways that they get to live and be and have fun and live in relationships. And so what I get to do and one of the joys that I get to do it in is actually show up at each of our five campuses on a Sunday uh, and maybe get to be with the children a little bit. So we get to sit in a kid's service and I get to teach them. And at one of our sites at East Van in particular, the kids service is filled with kids, around 30 kids in a room, one room, from age two to age 11. And if you know anything about kids, that is chaos. It is not manageable. It's not always fun. Uh, the kids in one large room really means that there's different developmental stages, different energy levels, different attention stages, different communication. And I don't know if I've, if you've been around like a age two child before who's just trying to learn to speak. They make these sounds that sort of sound like words, and they're not saying anything at all. And sometimes you don't always fully understand what they're saying and what they're trying to. And in fact, sometimes those kids like to talk at you incessantly as if you totally understand or are in a conversation with them. And sometimes, if you don't even get it, they'll keep repeating that same word over and over and over and over again until you finally figure it out after multiple, multiple guesses. Now, if you don't understand and don't know what I'm talking about, here's a little clip that might help. A what? A what? A what? A strawberry? A strawberry? Well, try to imagine that. A few weeks ago, I had this two-year-old in my room uh, with 30 kids ranging from that age two to age 11, and he shoots his hand up and tries to answer a question that I've asked. The slurring of words, the not perfect articulation, the almost mumbling, no one knowing what's going on, him not maybe understanding the question at all. And then I had to say, oh, yes, you're right. That's very good point there, kid. <laughs> Trying to be encouraging, right? Because we don't want our to shut our kids down in those moments. And then the other kids started to be like, uh, sir, I don't. I don't know what he said. What did he say? Can you explain that to me? And I'm having to be like, shoot. Uh, which means then I share with them, yeah, I also didn't get it. I, I don't know. And while I'm saying this to them, this, old, this older brother of the child stands up. And all he does is interprets everything that this two-year-old was saying. It's like he knew every single word. He could understand the mumbles and all of these incessant ramblings that I couldn't process. He told every single one of his thoughts, of that child's thoughts. And while it got me thinking about today's talk, this older brother chose to communicate on behalf of his younger brother, who couldn't make all of the sounds needed, and who, would say, who couldn't say words clearly. It was all jumbled in a way that I couldn't even understand or anyone else in the room could understand. But his older brother did. He got it. He understood everything. He listened, and then he spoke on behalf of his baby brother, 
to help us all in the room to understand. Well, the Holy Spirit, in many ways, acts as this type of communicator on our behalf to God. And, well, today we're going to be continuing our journey through this series of the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we'll look at this passage uh, from the book of Romans that hopefully will help us understand how the Holy Spirit acts as this type of intercessor. So let me read the passage for us, and then I'll pray. So in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Let's pray. God, may you make yourself known to us today. Help us, intercede for us, search our hearts today so that we may know and receive what it is that you would offer. In your name, amen. Well, let me set the scene for us. We're in Romans, and Romans is in the New Testament, and we're in Romans 8, which is sort of in the center of that book. And Romans 8 is actually considered one of the most important chapters of the New Testament because Paul, the author, informs us of so many spiritual truths that actually help us in our spiritual lives. Contained in this chapter are these three pieces. Paul tells us about the importance of living life through the Holy Spirit, as he juxtaposes that with living in the flesh. He also, second, is our present sufferings and hope for the future. The third is that he tells us this deep love that God has for each of his children, for each of us. Particularly, in this second part, in this middle section from Romans uh, 18, 8, 18 to 30, Paul talks about our present sufferings and this hope we have for this future, that amidst the hardships, there is something more beautiful in life, a life with Jesus. And he states that even creation awaits in eager expectation and anticipation. All of creation is awaiting and anticipating this coming glory. And while we wait and groan and persevere for that moment, well, we have God's help through the Holy Spirit with us now. And that's where we find ourselves in this present text. Jesus came to earth. He died. He rose again as we celebrated at Easter. He's now left. And as he leaves, he sends this Holy Spirit to us from God the Father. And now we have this Holy Spirit, this person of God with us and in us. And he's here to help us. In fact, the passage says he helps us in our weakness. The Holy Spirit has, was sent from God the Father through God the Son, Jesus, to help us, to help us learn about who God is, to help us draw towards God in a beautiful way. He is a strong person called in to help. If you remember a few weeks ago, I think Ken was here speaking, we learned about this word called paraclete. And that word translated uh, really means that the Holy Spirit is our helper or an advocate for us. And even in this passage, we see that his characteristic, this Holy Spirit's characteristic, is to help. His nature is to help. And he's still doing that work. This word, help, in this passage, in the Greek, really means to come alongside. 
Not only does the Holy Spirit teach us, reveal God's truths to us, but he also helps us in our weaknesses. When we're suffering, when we're tired, when we're weary, the Holy Spirit comes alongside us just to guide and help us. I was recently listening to an interview with Michelle Obama uh, through the magazine Revolt, and she was talking about her famous line, when, when they go low, we go high. And the interview then just asked, come on, do you really go high all the time? Don't you ever go low? And Michelle quickly responded, oh, yeah, no, I definitely go low many times, but I go low in my mind and around my friends. And I think that little line right there is a helpful reminder for us. For our internal selves, we can go low at the drop of a pin. We can come up with narratives and think through things and feel angst and worry and hurt and pain. And that's really hard. But then there's this other piece to what she said with around her friends. Friends can offer help support to us when we're feeling low. When we're in those challenging dark moments, they can be with us through it. In fact, they might choose to be with us through it. Do you think you could think of a good friend or a loved one right now? No matter what you're going through, they're there for you. They're with you. You could call them or maybe just text them. Maybe they'll bring you some snacks over, which for me is always an immediate yes that they can come over. Uh, or just sit on the phone and talk just to process. They'll listen. They support. They care. They're present. They come alongside our pain and our challenges. I recently was reflecting on a time in my life when I probably wasn't the happiest person around. Somehow I still have friends. Uh, I was overexhausted, clouded by frustration. I was grumpy. I couldn't handle my own emotions all that well. But even though I wasn't in the healthiest emotional and mental space, my friends just chose to sit with me in it. They were supporting me, listening to me grumble. They told me that they were in my corner they just let me be. And all the while, they were also praying for me, helping me find joy and hope, goodness, amidst these moments when I just wasn't able to see it. And even though it probably took me a lot longer than they had hoped for me to get better and feel okay again, they were and still are with me to this day. They chose to come alongside me in my pain, their presence with me was actually just so helpful. And so in many ways, and more, I think the Holy Spirit is our helper. He helps or comes alongside us to comfort and support us when we are tired and weary, broken, suffering through some challenges. And it's in those moments that are just where it's most challenging for us. These places, when we, when we do not have the drive or the energy or anything left in us, when we are tired and weary, when we might be giving up hope, that the Holy Spirit is just there. Helping us, giving us strength, helping us connect with God. 
So I guess this next sensible question, if we can accept the fact that the Holy Spirit is a helper to us, is then how is he helping us or how is he coming alongside us? Well, in this passage, it tells us that the Holy Spirit also intercedes for us. This Holy Spirit that was sent from God the Father, through God the Son, to us, to help us, to come alongside us, also intercedes for us. The Greek word for this word, intercedes, means on behalf of or to make a petition for. The Holy Spirit helps us by going to God on our behalf. This posture of intercession is done through prayer. As the passage here states in verse 26, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through these wordless groans. Ultimately, what this is saying is, is when we are weary and tired, when we're feeling weak, maybe when we've hit the bottom and the point where we no longer know what to say or how to pray, the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit knows what to say on our behalf. God's Spirit is right there helping us, with us, interceding for us, praying for us, praying our prayers. There are times when we feel or may feel like we have no words to pray at all. In the wake of maybe a death of a loved one, the rejection of someone we loved, a failure that we feel deeply inside of us, maybe something went wrong at work. Maybe we didn't do so well on a test. Maybe we didn't get the job we were dreaming for. Maybe we're just sitting in moments of deep frustration or anger or just confusion. And it's in those moments that we might feel like we have no words to pray, no words to share. But the Holy Spirit knows. He goes on our behalf praying for us. You know, I've never really fully understand all of that. And it wasn't until recently when I started seeing my morning runs as this time with God. Like, I love running, especially like early in the morning when no one is around and everyone's still asleep having their coffee. I'm talking like 4.35 a.m. And I love that it's just quiet. I love that it helps to wake me up and energize me. I love that running in the trails is just so peaceful. And I can hear the crunch of like the trail underneath me and those leaves. I love just being in nature in those moments. It's also an effective way for me to relieve the stress, frustration in my shoulders. But above it all, I've recognized that this time is a great time for me to connect with God. Well, one morning a few months ago, my, my mental health was poor. I was feeling quite lazy and uninterested to do anything. I was feeling more stressed, more emotional. I felt like I was becoming more reactive to the others around me, which is never a good thing. And I just had to drag myself out off the couch one morning and go for a run. 
And so I did it. And as I ran, my brain was overwhelmed, overwhelmed with feelings of frustration, of emotions, of stress, of grief. And in the midst of it all, I found myself having no real words, no thoughts, nothing. It was just there and fully embodied into who I was. I was breathing heavily. I was groaning. I was crying. I was grunting as if I just needed to keep going. And it was my space and my way of just releasing whatever bodily emotion I could muster and that would come up. There was no reasoning, no words, except for one phrase. God, I just don't get it. Well, as you can imagine, I ran for a very, very, very long time because there was a lot built up. The moment I finished my run, my body was tired, but it felt lighter. It felt more free. The pieces that I was holding onto and trying to grasp with my fists that were stressing me out, that were making it feel like I couldn't take another step, they got released. The burdens went away. Not completely, but I felt lighter. And now I know that the science of exercise in general helps release endorphins that can make us feel better innately, uh, or that running makes blood flow to our brain, which then helps release stress and elevates one's mood. But I also believe that this act of running with all the grunts and groans draws me into God in a way I am unable to do with words. And even though I don't have to say anything amidst the anguish and exhaustion I may be feeling. This understanding of my run has changed into a practice of prayer. Whether I know what words to pray or not, no matter what the weight of the burden or pain may be that I'm feeling inside, running has become not just a physical exercise, but a practice for my soul to just pray and let it out, to just let it pour out. In fact, it has just become one of the many ways that I know that the Spirit is communicating to God on my behalf. Through tired breaths and inner angst, my soul knows it's held and cared for and advocated for by the Spirit, no matter the feeling, emotion, thoughts, or guttural sounds. The 17th century author of Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan, says this about prayer. Prayer is a sincere, sensible, affectionate, pouring out of the soul to God through Christ in the strength and assistance or help of the Spirit for such things as God has promised. It is through prayer that we get to communicate and converse with God. And it is with the help of the Holy Spirit through Jesus that God knows what is in our inmost being. And that's pretty remarkable. That we have this way of communicating to this God who built the cosmos, all of creation, that this God actually cares for me so deeply, cares for you so deeply. The one who tells us that when we groan and sigh, that all creation also groans with us. 
That creation is longing and yearning for this new life that God is calling us to. That no matter the pain or sorrow that we may be sensing, creation is groaning with us. And not only is creation groaning, but the spirit is groaning with us too. And as we read in Romans 8.26, it says, We do not know what we ought to pray, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through these wordless groans. The Spirit is so intimately connected to us in our suffering that when we are weak, when we do not know fully what to pray, the Spirit just groans on our behalf. And not groans with words, it's literal wordless groans, like monosyllabic sounds that a teenager might make or some of you might make early in the morning when you're tired and exhausted and haven't had your coffee yet. Or maybe it's the sounds of that two-year-old trying to string along a sentence and mumbling through it. Or better yet, and how appropriate that it's Mother's Day, the groaning of a woman through childbirth. There's pain. It's guttural. It's deep. It takes over the whole body. This is the type of groaning that we're getting at. It's these moments of deep grief, of hurt, when words are not enough, when nothing makes sense, when deep exhaustion and weariness exist, moments of anguish that you just can't say a word but go, Have you ever felt that tired before? Been in that much anguish? You just can't say a word, but just need to groan. It's a lot. It's a lot of weight. It's inexplicable. But even in these moments, the Holy Spirit chooses to pray for us on our behalf. He chooses to pray within us to God the Father, drawing us in and conversing with God. The Holy Spirit hears our innermost being, hears our heart, our souls, and the wordlessness that exists there. He knows it. He understands it. He understands you. He takes that to the Father without us having to even do a thing. He doesn't just hear our words. It's through these groans that he just gets us. How? Well, he knows us. We read in verse 27, he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Literally, it says that the one who hears and understands and answers these groans is said to search our hearts. He looks for us. And I think the point, what that points to is the fact that these groans are actually in our hearts, that that is where they are experienced as these groanings and are heard. These groanings are not just of the Spirit's thoughts, but ours. He registers registers them in our own hearts, at the core and center of who we are, and then sends it to God the Father. When we don't know what to say, guess what? The Spirit knows He knows you. He knows me. Can you imagine what that's even like? Maybe if you can think of someone you've spent maybe the most time ever with. Maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's your child. Maybe it's been your best friend or a partner, 
a grandmother, maybe a sibling, whoever it is, the more time you ultimately spend with someone, you're going to inevitably know a lot more about them. You're going to pick up on their tone, their, their grunts, their, their words and phrases that they use. You're going to understand what they are going to say. You could probably predict their actions sometimes. It takes a lot of understanding and being with someone to know that. Now multiply that by like an infinite number because God and Holy Spirit. And well, that's how God's spirit knows you. Infinite wide. He has searched your heart. He knows the deepest longing, your heart, your soul. And when words are not enough, God the spirit has searched your hearts. He knows how to communicate and what to communicate with God the Father. He intercedes on our behalf because he knows us. He knows you. Listen, I, I know that life has its own challenges. I know we've come through a hard winter. I've had so many conversations with friends who've just been struggling these past number of months. And so whether you've struggled through your school this year or work, whether it's been some family issues, our souls are groaning. They're longing for something. When we deeply miss our friends, or feel like life just doesn't make sense anymore. Maybe it's, it's the lack of the job, passion, desire. Maybe you're grieving a family member who's just in the hospital. Maybe you're feeling low energy, almost a burnout. Maybe you're feeling other pressures forced upon you. Maybe you've been feeling lonely. Maybe your mental health is just not at the best place that it feels like it's flourishing. Know that you're not alone. You don't have to grieve alone. You don't have to suffer alone. You don't have to be alone in this. There are people around, but you also have the Holy Spirit who knows you. He's with you. He is present in you and can be present in you and coming alongside you. He wants to pray on your behalf. So when you don't have the words or all the things that you need and you're wrapped up in emotions and body aches and pains and suffering, remember that the Holy Spirit knows and he wants to help and he wants to take what's going on inside and share it with God for those of us here, maybe we don't have that deep sense of weary, of dread, of pain. Maybe we're not filled with grief. And if that is the case, dare I say that we have a responsibility here to act as intercessors, act as people who will do things on behalf of others to help those who are not doing well. For those who are feeling tired and weary and low, we get to be encouragers. We get to lift them up and pray on their behalf. Even when prayer is too much for the individual, we get to honor them and intercede for them as well because the Spirit lives within us. And the joy of the, like, a church community like this is that we know that we're not alone. 
We have a physical reminder week after week coming here, gathering and being present in this space to remind ourselves that we're cared for and loved, that we're seen, that we're known, that we have someone to pray for us if we just need that. Maybe to get to know in a deeper way, to be reminded that God's spirit also knows you and can help you through the power of community, of friendship. There's something amazing when we get to just offer up our prayers to each other. Just simple. Even without knowing every detail, we know that the Spirit does and is praying on our behalf as well. So I thought I would have us enter into a little bit of a practice. One of the things I love to do is in this space, We get to practice what it means to pray, how we get to pray together, how we get to sit in a room and be with God together. And so it's a quick and simple guided prayer that I'll guide for us. And so I'll walk through it. There's a few simple prompts, some big grandiose ideas and some very specific. But just reflect. If words come up, please offer them to God. If there are no words, we know that that's okay. The Spirit knows you and will pray on your behalf. Sound good? Great. So get comfortable in your chair. Feel free to close your eyes. Take a deep breath in. And just feel settled in this place. Just take a moment to pray for the world. For countries you know are in anguish. For those who are living in dangerous places. For the safety of refugees. For those in poverty. take a moment to pray for our city. Maybe for those who are struggling to make ends meet. For the safety of people who are living on the streets. For those who may be suffering from addiction. For those who feel alone, maybe need some care. moment to pray for a friend or a loved one who may be going through a rough season right now.
take a moment to pray for your own heart, especially if it's been a hard season. Take a moment and just pray for the person beside you, whether you know them by name or not. And finally, take a moment and just sit in silence with God. Just reflecting on the fact that as you were praying for those around you, they were praying for you as well. Jesus, we thank you for this gift that you've given us. That you sent your helper to dwell here with us and in us. And we thank you that it is in your goodness that we find rest. For all of the ways that we can forget to look to you. I'm so grateful that by way of the Holy Spirit, you know us so deeply that your spirit prays for us on our behalf and that we get to pray for each other because of it. May we continue to feel your goodness today and in this week to come. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.